And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now, we're talking taxes on the farm, a topic that a lot of producers uh, definitely need to think about the next few weeks ahead and into the beginning of the year. Joining us with Pinion, Jeff Bear is here. Jeff, good to catch up with you, sir. How are you today? Doing good, Jesse. Doing good. Glad to be here. Thanks for the time, Jeff. And I know this is a topic that uh, a lot of farmers, their operation, they got to be thinking about here as they are wrapping up harvest and getting into the uh, final few weeks of the year and into the beginning of 23. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into uh, taxes and, and managing your operation on the farm. And I'd have to think, you know, for starters, making sure you got that correct entity structure for your operation is going to be probably a, a big key for many folks, Jeff. Yeah, you know, we get a lot of phone calls and when we get out to meet a lot of operations, particularly ones that, you know, two years ago were two or 3,000 acres and now they're five or six or maybe they were 5,000 acres a couple years ago and now they're seven or eight. So many times they're still operating under the original structure that they started with. So maybe that's just as a sole proprietor on a Schedule F or maybe it's a partnership and and what you find out is, is as your operation grows and its complexity grows, you know, if you can restructure some things, you can take some tax off the table really easy without really doing anything above and beyond that. Uh, a perfect example is so many times we get there and, you know, these operators have accumulated real estate land over the years and they've, they've either just keep it in their Schedule F or they keep it in their partnership. Um, and when you pay taxes, there's really three types of taxes you pay. You pay federal tax, state tax, and if you make a profit, you're going to pay Social Security tax on that, which is an additional 15.3%. Uh, well, in the tax code, if you're in the rental business, you pay regular tax plus state tax, but you do not have to pay Social Security tax. And so if you either keep your land out of your entity or you create a second entity, say a partnership, and you have your operation pay rent just like you would to any other individual that you're renting ground from, you're basically taking income that would be subject to regular tax, state tax, and the 15.3% social security tax. And you're creating an income that is then subject to only regular tax plus state tax. So you take that 15.3% off the table. Uh, and that is just a simple restructure that we run into a lot out there. Uh, you know, you can go much deeper than that. If they're consistently making a profit year in and year out, you can take a look at creating an S corporation uh, for your operating entity, because while those are subject to regular federal tax and state tax, profit there is not subject to social security tax as long as you take a reasonable wage out of there. Um, and I could get into all of the legal liability issues why you should separate your operation and your real estate and your equipment, uh, but I am not an attorney, so I'm not gonna mm -hmm. give a lot, of, a lot of opinion there other than to tell you, you know, you shouldn't have all that wrapped up in one entity and put everything at risk, especially now with, you know, most of these operators own several semi trucks that are running up and down the road every day something happens there and there's a liability that's greater than the insurance covers they get to come back to that entity for whatever that difference is 
and you really don't want to have your real estate, which is your biggest asset tied up and available for somebody to say, hey, you got to sell that off so I can satisfy that. Well, we hope that most folks have the correct entity selected, but it's always a good reminder to make sure that they look into that and do. And it's also a good reminder, Jeff, that if they don't already or are not thinking about it, you know, I think sometimes we we hear from various farmers, they wait until the last minute, but they need to be working with their tax advisor now through the end of the year to really look at their balance sheet, sharpen the pencil and figure out if there's any areas they need to uh, take a look at to maybe save on taxes. Yeah, I think, again, so many times as you grow and get bigger, you were accustomed to how it's always been. And a lot of times that was maybe giving a few numbers to your CPA and early to late December and saying, how do I look? Are, are the big one doing it out of my head. Oh, I know I have approximately this much income. I need to spend this much money. The problem with that is as you get bigger, uh, it's hard to keep all that straight in your head. Uh, and, and so what you see so many times when we get called in is somebody who has inadvertently created a huge loss the year before. And, and so they, you know, they could have sold more grain and wouldn't have had to have carried it over. Um, or, they miss the mark the other way and suddenly they have a $150,000 tax liability that could have easily been managed uh, if you would have just worked with your advisor all year long. Um, and I also know a big thing we're seeing now with inputs having more than doubled last year, we're getting a lot of phone calls because a, a lot of these producers had been working with the local bank in town and all of a sudden they're their operating note, you know, needed to be 5 million instead of two and a half million, or it needed to be 10 million instead of 5 million. And all of a sudden that bank can't take care of them anymore. And so, you know, you get a phone call, Hey, we're talking now to a regional bank, uh, but we're having a hard time getting the loan through the credit analyst because we just don't have good financial statements or we don't have the quality of the tax return. And so there's a big need to, to work with your advisor all year long and be getting those financial statements on a monthly or quarterly basis. So you have them not only just because it helps with tax planning at the end of the year, but also because if and when you are being pushed to a bigger lender that, you know, isn't the guy you went to school with in grade school and knows you, you know, you've got to produce really good, solid financial data in order to make that shift. Any other final thoughts uh, you'd have for us to share possibly? Yeah, I think the big thing is, is, you know, most operators have been conditioned or brought up in an environment where they manage, have been able to manage most of these things on their own. But most operators that we get out now and talk to, you know, it's a common, common to hear them say, you know, over the last five years, we've doubled the number of acres that we're farming. And I think the need to have a CPA, an accountant, an advisor who's involved with you all year long, because it's going to make it easier to finance that growth. It's going to make it easier to control taxes. It's going to make it easier to help mitigate the push. You know, we're going to make sure to help with the succession planning from the first generation to the second and even the second to the third. It is a we we bring a value that will more than pay for itself if you just make that phone call, whether it's us or somebody else that does the same thing we do. 
Well, we appreciate the time. That's Jeff Baer with Pinion Global. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.